Romans chapter 8, verse 31. I'm sorry, what? You said you get three straight, but we get kicked out. Adam. Evan's very right. So I have to wait for three years before I get kicked out? Yeah, no. Anyway, we are going to talk about the Bible now. Romans chapter 8, and we're going to do verses 31 through 39. Romans chapter 8, and we're going to read 31 through 39. So I'm going to go ahead and get started. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And uh, our title today is, I'm thankful for my hero. So just pray with me now as we get ready to dive into this. Let's let's go ahead and pray. I'm sorry. We, we'll take questions later. Thank you, Lord, so much for this day and letting us be able to come into your house, Father. Uh, we just appreciate your love so much, Lord, and, and the presence of each one that is here. I pray that today we will listen, Lord, that we will listen with our spiritual ears so that we may gain more understanding about you, Lord, and just have more of a hunger for you and the righteousness of God. Lord, I pray that you will guide me, Lord, to say what you would have me to say, Lord. I just want to be your mouthpiece today, and I pray that you will be with all the teachers that are teaching. Please be with Brad and anoint him as he preaches today. Anoint the worship team, Lord, that we may enter into a time of worship, Lord, as we go out into the sanctuary to you, Lord. We love you, and that if there is anyone in this room or in this church building today that does not know you, Lord, let today be the day of their salvation, that they may be gloriously saved from their sin, because we know know, Lord, that you are able and that is what you are about. We love you and we just praise you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for this season of Thanksgiving. May we really just be thankful for you and your love and what you did for us. In your name, amen. So that is what I'm going to talk about today, what I am thankful for. I'm thankful that Jesus is my hero. He is my hero. He has saved me. Uh, on Friday, I was on my way to see Frozen 2 with the girls because uh, we really wanted to watch it. And I was just kind of briefly, we were listening to um, the old Frozen songs, the first Frozen. We were listening to those songs and I was thinking about the movie and uh, in some of the other Disney movies with princesses, just kind of the direction that they're going. It seems like 
the ladies are not being rescued by the the man anymore. The 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 prince isn't really rescuing them. Well, in these becoming independent. In these movies, yes, they're becoming independent. In these movies, they are saving themselves or they're saving each other like in Frozen with the sisters. They 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 saved each other. And so I was thinking about that and I was like that's very interesting the way that they're doing that because they just don't need anybody. The, the, the princesses are, are able to take charge of their own lives and they're able just to stand up and save themselves. And so it just hit me as I was thinking about that. Oh, I'm so thankful that I have a savior. I'm so thankful that I was, uh, that Jesus saved me and I was able to take hold of that. I was a damsel in distress. I needed help. I needed someone to save me. And so Jesus is my hero, and he has rescued me. So uh, that, that's where all this came from, and I just thought it was just amazing that uh, Jesus is that just for me. Um, if you guys know the song uh, Flawless, we did an Easter play to it a couple few years ago. But in the song, it says, like a hero takes the stage when we're on the edge of our seats saying it's too late. And we've all seen a movie. We've all, we all know the scenes in the movies. There's no way they're gonna survive this. They're not gonna make it. They're gonna die. Whoever is in distress, whoever is in peril, whoever is about to die, they're just not gonna make it. So we're sitting on the edge of our seats like this. And I don't know if you get into movies like I do, but I'm just like, oh, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? I'm so scared, you know? Right then. A hero takes the stage and they sweep in and they save him. Whether it's a superhero in the superhero movies or, or some other distress that somebody's in, somebody sweeps in and they save him just whenever we're like, there's no escape. All hope is lost. Uh, it, they're just, they're, they, they can't survive this. Just then, they are saved. In that moment, they are, are saved by a hero that steps in and saves the day. And you know, we can start to look at this world. We can start to look at the problems that are going on. We can look at the, how things just seem to be crumbling in our nation or crumbling in other countries. Uh, war always seems to be just right at the door for some countries. And we can look at it and we think, this just, there's just no hope. It's just too late. Or sometimes even more personal, we can look at our lives. We can look at things that are crumbling in our lives. Even if it's something as trivial as, uh, you know, you, you can't quite comprehend your schoolwork, you know, and it's like, oh, my world is crumbling down. I don't, I don't get this. I can't wrap my head around it. Or maybe something more serious, like a problem going on in your family or, or just uh, problems at school, being bullied or any of those things. We can look at our lives and, and in those moments we can go, there's no hope for this. Nothing's going to happen here. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I am just in such distress. Nothing can save this. There's no chance for anything. There's no chance for saving. But Jesus takes the stage and he saves with a mighty hand. He reaches down and he saves us. So I want to um, go ahead and talk about that today and uh, discuss that with you. Um, I'm so glad he's my hero because you see, I can't save myself. I can't do that. I think that we like to try to be like those princesses and be like, I'm good. I've got this. You know, I I'm sure I can make it into heaven. You know, look at all the things that I've done. Look at how I've just been nice to people. If, if you ask anybody about me, they will say, oh, well, that if anybody would make it into heaven, it would be that person because they are just so good. 
We like to, we, we can step into that trap of being independent, but we can't do that. I can't reform myself to be able to be a good person. I can't reform myself and make myself good enough to get into heaven. I can't do anything without him. I need him. I need his death-conquering, sin-abolishing, superhero powers to come inside me and live my life for me. I need him to come live that life through me. I need his hero-ness to save me because I am hopeless. I am without anything that would get me whenever I am in distress, whenever I'm in peril. So that's where we're going to go. We're going to look closer at verse 35 that we read. And it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Wait, shall tr- ask you my question? I'm sorry, what? Can I ask you my question? Oh, I'm, uh, no. <laughs> thank you. So we're going to look closer at verse 35. I don't, let's read it again. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? So who can separate us from the love of Christ? His love is what took him to the cross. His love is what, what took him to the grave, and, what, and he rose again. So that is what saves us. So what, what this is kind of saying is that what can keep him from rescuing us? What can keep him from reaching down and lifting us up out of the pit that we have dug ourselves? What will keep him from that? And then it has this list of things. What, what is his, his weakness? His kryptonite. What will keep him from being able to reach down and save us? What will stop him from rescuing us? Will tribulation? So the definition for that, I have a couple for some of these. Tribulation is a pressing. A pressing together or pressure. It is a state of great trouble or suffering. If you are in a state of pressure or a, a great trouble or suffering, will that stop Christ from rescuing you? No. What about distress? Will distress separate us from him? Distress is a narrowness of place, a narrow place, extreme anxiety, sorrow, or pain. And so many times, you, we, we could even think about that in the movies. They're in like such a narrow place where there's no way they're going to be able to get into it. Or the do- door is shutting and there's no way they're going to be able to slip right through. It's so narrow, but they make it. And that even if we're in that narrow of a place, we're in that in, in such extreme anxiety or sorrow, he can still reach through and he can still save us. No, distress will not keep him from rescuing us. What about persecution, which is hostility and ill treatment, especially because of race or political or religious beliefs? If, there is, if you are facing persecution and you are facing being beat down about what you believe in Christ or beat down for any other reason, maybe you're facing persecution for other things and people are just awful to you, they're, they're, they're hostile towards you and you're, you're suffering such ill treatment, will that keep Christ from rescuing you? Will that keep the love of Christ from your life? No. What about famine, which is a scarcity of harvest, Food shortage, deprivation, want, or the opposite of plenty. So we could take this as far as in the natural and in the spiritual. If you are facing a a real food shortage, where you are just so hungry, like we were talking about the children in in Africa and things, does that separate them from the love of Christ? Does that separate them from being able to be rescued by his hand whenever they are facing that, that, that starvation and that hunger? No, it doesn't. 
What about a spiritual famine, like a scarcity of harvest? It seems sometimes it we, we, we doesn't seem like there's very many people coming into the kingdom of God. We don't see very many save, saved. It almost seems like a scarcity of harvest. Does that mean that Christ's hand is not ready to save? Does, if we're not seeing that go on or we're not hearing about that, does that mean he's not there to save? No, he is there. He is there even in the want, even in the opposite of plenty, even whenever we feel so spiritually dry or we feel like we just don't even want to move forward in the Lord. That doesn't separate us from him saving us. Or nakedness, the state or fact of being naked. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, they realized they were naked. They felt like that separated them from God, so they covered themselves. They felt separated, but nakedness doesn't even separate us from the love of Christ. Peril is serious and immediate danger. If we are in a situation where we are in danger, whatever it could be, maybe we had a near miss with a car accident or something, does that separate him from us? Does that mean he's not there and he's not ready to save? No, he is there and he wants to save us. And the last one is sword. And so obviously a sword is a weapon. So for that definition, I just picked up on violence or destruction. If we were to suddenly be in war all of a sudden, or even if there just seemed to be a, a, a sense of war in our families, fighting, or, or, or maybe even uh, just fighting in general, does that separate us from him? No, he is still there. He is still able. Verse 37 says, Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Even all of these things that we talked about, we are still able to be saved by Christ. He loves us. He rescues us. He is our hero. He is always ready to reach down for us. So whatever you may be facing today, from all the things that we named off, or even something completely different, he is able and he is willing to save you and be your hero today. Nothing can stop him once you reach out. It doesn't matter what you are facing. He will conquer it all and bring you out of what it is against you. Now, if you are not walking in Christ and you are not saved and he is not living inside you, first and foremost, that's what he wants to save you from. He wants you to come to know him and to be gloriously saved in his salvation. But I'm also referencing with all of these things, obviously, things that we even face as Christians. We face these things as Christians. And he, even though we're Christians, it doesn't mean that he's not going to save us. He's not going to reach down because he's only worried about the lost sheep. No, he cares about us as sheep as well. We, we, we are here. We are his children. And he's still ready to reach down and rescue us and help us. So uh, now let's look briefly at verse 36 because I don't want to just skip over it uh, completely. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. So this is saying that we are still going to go through hardship and even death possibly for the sake of Christ. Uh, we will experience suffering. I'm not saying that just because you... Uh, you experience a little bit of suffering that Christ is going to reach down and just lift you out of that. He, he will be there and he will lift you up. But it may not always be in the, in the way and the sense that you think it should be. Like completely lifting you out of the sorrow. If there is any of those things that we talked about, if you are facing it, he may not just pick you up and set you in a completely new and different place. 
so that you can be happy again. But he will reach down and he will strengthen you. Through that, he will mold you and he will take you to a place that you are able to bear it. So and none of this will separate us from the love of Christ and the ultimate gift victory he gave us by his work on the cross. So sometimes um, he loves us all the same. Not sometimes, I skipped over that. So he still loves us all the same. Now I want us to look at the first part of the chapter that that verse is referencing because it's just really good. And we'll just uh, read through it pretty quickly. It's in Psalm 44. To the chief musician for the sons of Korah, Mashiel. We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days, in the times of old, how thou didst drive out the heathen with thy hand and planted them, how thou didst afflict the people and cast them out. So this is what I want you to hear really good. This is an important verse. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword. Neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand and thine arm and the light of thy countenance, because thou hadst a favor unto them. Thou art my king, O God, command deliverances for Jacob. Through thee will we push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me, but thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever, Selah. We should never get puffed up or prideful that we have done anything to save ourselves. It is not because of your good deeds, your church attendance, or your parents, or how, how you have sacrificed, or how much money you have given. It's none of those things. It doesn't matter. It is only through Christ that we have anything and can do anything and can be anything. It is not by our arm that we have been saved. We can't look in the mirror and say, oh, thank you so much for being you. You are who I've always wanted to be. But we look into the face of Christ and we say, yes, it's you, Christ. It's you. That is why I am saved. You are worthy. You are the one that I will boast of all the day long. And we all know people who talk about themselves all day long and so much. And you're like, oh, let's talk about something else. What if we were a people that boasted of God all day long? boasted of his goodness, boasted of how wonderful he is and how glorious he is, of how he is our hero. Um, that we could just be even looked down on for how much we boast about God. They, they would be like, oh, she's talking about God again. What would be wrong with that? Because we would be talking about something good. Be, fa- be thankful that he is your hero today. And if he isn't, then invite him to save you. And I have just a little bit more, but I really don't think I have time for it. So let's just close possibly with prayer. And anybody that had questions or something to say, we can definitely do that when we're done and uh, talk about that. Father, thank you so much. I just praise you, and I just want to boast of how mighty my God is, how awesome my Savior is. I just thank you so much. May we all be thankful today, Lord. May, may, may this just be our prayer. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for keeping me, and thank you for lifting me up out of the pit whenever I thought all hope was gone. Lord, I just pray that you would touch every person here, no matter what they're facing. They would allow you to be their hero today. They would allow you to 
save them and lift them up. And I just love you and thank you so, so much. We just can't say it enough. We just can't say thank you enough because of the great and awesome, mighty work you've done in our lives. And I know you have even more things in store for us. And we look forward to that, God. We look forward to what you're going to do and what you're going to be in us in the future. I pray that you will just touch us as we go from this place and we go into this sanctuary. Let us just have a heart for you, God. Let us have a heart of worship. Let us just have a heart like Jesus. Amen. All right. Uh, do you turn it off? Questions? I want to see what the kids, uh, I